to the darkest hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. We've likely all experienced something that made our stomach drop. Maybe it was a roller coaster, or some bad news, or maybe a creepy encounter with a stranger, or something strange. That feeling is almost always an indicator that there's something to be feared. Of course, on a roller coaster, you signed up for that. And you go in knowing that even if you want it to stop, it won't. Until the ride is over. You accept it and suppress that fight-or-flight mode. But that same feeling can save you from real danger. And if you listen to it, and you don't suppress that feeling when it matters, and instead you take action... Well, it might just be the thing that saves your life. Given some of the stories you'll hear tonight, I think that there are people out there that just might agree with me. So, let's get started, shall we? This happened about five years ago, when I was around 16, 17 years old. I always enjoyed walking. I would spend at least an hour a day walking the roads around where I lived. One day I was out doing my normal route, walking down the street that my house was on, taking a ride out the main street, and following it until I got to the end. There I would cross the crosswalk and retrace my steps home. On this particular day, I was about 20 feet from where I would leave the main road on my journey back home. I had my headphones in, blasting music as always, which can be a bad habit as I'm a young female that's been put in some sketchy situations while going for walks, men chasing me, following me, etc. But since it was daylight and the roads were pretty busy, I figured I was safe. But man, was I ever so off with that assumption. As I was about to pass the entrance of the side street before leaving the main road, a black Ford F-150 pulled up. He stopped and gestured for me to walk in front of him, so I did so. I was about to go on my merry way when I barely heard someone trying to talk to me. I turned down my music, taking out my headphones, as I looked to see the man in the black Ford still stopped at the entrance of the side road. I looked at him, puzzled, trying to figure out if he was talking to me. I pointed at myself, and he grinned, nodding. What's a beautiful girl like you doing out here? He asked. I laughed awkwardly. Uh, walking? I replied, seeing as the answer should have been obvious. It's a beautiful day for that, he commented, just seeming to make small talk. Yeah, I stated before going to turn around and continue my route home. Wait, the man called. I stopped and turned around, just trying to be polite. Even though the encounter was odd, I didn't see too many red flags yet. The man then went off, saying things such as, you're so beautiful. You know, you have a really nice body. 
This hot weather is nice for a hot girl. I grew incredibly uncomfortable at this point, seeing as this man had to be in his mid-forties. He had a bit of a receding hairline with black hair, a nose with a protruding bridge, blue eyes that were surrounded by slight wrinkles. He was dressed in a dress shirt. So I instantly brought up my age, saying, I'm a minor. There have been multiple times where I've been mistaken for being older than I was, and I was hoping that saying this would get this fully grown adult-ass man to back off. But he didn't. Oh, that's okay. Come on, sweetheart, get in the truck. That's when I started panicking, red flags shooting up everywhere, stranger danger. I laughed nervously, looking at the cars around me to see if anyone was noticing what was happening. Nobody did. No, that's fine. My house isn't far. No, really. Get in the truck. I'll bring you home. No. Come on, just get in the truck with me. He called as I turned and started walking away. I was hoping he'd just drive off somewhere else, but he didn't. Instead, he drove extremely slow, following me, complimenting me, and trying to pressure me into his truck. I thought fast of multiple options for different scenarios, but I chose one simple one. I pulled out my phone. While still walking, I lifted it to my ear, pretending loudly to answer a call. Hey, Dad. Yeah, no, I'm just on... Insert street name here. I'll be home in ten minutes. I stopped pretending to listen to the reply. Okay, you're outside waiting for me? Awesome. Yeah, we can do that when I get back. Love you. After he heard me say that, he took off. Tires screeching. I ran back home, and I made it within about six minutes, actually calling my dad on the way, who had made a call to the police. They showed up shortly after and took my statement and description. Turns out there was a man on the loose in my area who was exposing himself to minors and trying to pick them up for sexual acts. But they never really found out exactly who it was. So, creepy man in black Ford F-150... Let's not meet again. When I was 14, I had a strange encounter that still puzzles me to this day. My parents are divorced, and on the weekends, I'd sometimes go to my mother's place. The house that she lived in was converted into several small apartments. It was a creepy old farmhouse. The house itself was at least 150 years old. My mom told me off and on of strange sounds she'd been hearing and seeing things in the corner of her eyes, feelings of being watched. This one particular evening when I spent the night, I brought my N64 because my mom would go to bed early and I'd still be up for a few more hours. I still remember to this day what game I was playing. WWF No Mercy. I was sitting crisscross on the floor, playing the story mode. I just finished a mission in the game and set down the controller to the left, behind me. Directly behind me was a recliner. I'll never forget what I saw next. 
I went to grab the controller and saw what appeared to be a hoof, like a horse, next to the controller on the floor. Insects and blood were coming out of the sliver that separated the hoof. I slowly glanced up, and this demonic figure was staring back at me. It leaned down towards me. Its face got down in my face, and it grinned the most evil smile. The eyes were pure black, full of hatred and rage, and a red face. It was a one-winged creature. Blood was dripping from the tips of its jagged, sharp teeth. It was so surreal. I immediately went into a panic attack and blacked out. I learned later that it was part of that fight-or-flight response. Several seconds later, I came to, laying on the floor and could barely move. The demonic figure in the chair was laughing at me. It was as if my fear and energy had been sucked dry. I lost all strength. It was frightening. I can't put into words just how bad it was. I did all I could to crawl away from it while clenching my chest. My body was shaking uncontrollably from fear and panic. When I looked over my shoulder, I could still see it laughing at me. My mother's room was a mere 15 feet away from the TV, yet it seemed like forever crawling there. I finally made it to my mom's room and woke her up. I couldn't speak or stand up for quite some time after witnessing what I'd just gone through. After I woke her up, we talked and she believed me. She told me that her and her boyfriend had seen the same thing weeks earlier, but didn't want to scare me. I don't know what to make of it all, and I still think of it to this day. I have no doubt that demons and angels are real, and believe me, the last thing you ever want to encounter is a demon smiling in your face. I don't care if you believe me or not, but when three people see the same thing on different occasions, different locations, either we're all crazy or something is, was wrong with that old farmhouse. My mom has since moved, and thankfully, we haven't encountered that thing again. I'm a DJ from Michigan who'd like to remain anonymous purely because if I ever make it big, I don't want the story of how I almost died in a vocal booth to follow me. But golly, I'd sure like to share my recent experience. So, like I said, I'm a DJ, and recently my associates and I purchased an underground space to set up our recording studio. Upon purchasing this space, we also splurged and spent thousands on soundproofing it. Like, once you close the door, silence. Nothing on the outside can be heard from within, and vice versa. Pros are that we can artistically explore the womps and fat stomps of our music without bothering the haters. People always talk shit till they see you at Coachella. But 
Soundproofing this bad boy and going underground meant no cell reception. In order to make a call, you had to go out the studio doors, down a hallway, up some stairs, to the outside. No distractions down there. But sometimes your girl gets mad, asking you why you ain't picking up. You with those girls, huh? And you just gotta brush it off. That's the sacrifice for art. Okay, so... Back in late 2020, just before Christmas, I'm down getting our new Midas 64 channel digital mixer board all hooked up. And as I'm under the board plugging in cords, all the lights in the studio go off. I don't flinch, though. Just get up and flick them back on. When I go back under the board, they turn off again. I won't lie, I got a little shook. I just laid there in the dark, waiting for one of my buddies to come in, because I thought someone had to be fucking with me. I wasn't expecting anyone, but it would be right up their alley to do something like this. Eventually, when nobody came back through the studio doors, I got up and turned the lights on again. I then looked out the studio doors and even went up the stairs outside to the parking lot. My car was still the only one there. I go down, shut and lock the studio door this time, and continue plugging in this massive mixing board. An hour later, the board's done, and I enter the rectangular cuboid that is our vocal booth. I googled what a three-dimensional rectangle is, and it said a rectangular cuboid, so if that gives you a better idea of what our vocal booth looks like in this big padded room. It's a 7 by 7 vocal booth, with a little window to see out of. I'm in there, setting up the mics, and out go the lights, again. As I scramble for the door handle, I realize it's jammed. The whole door is stuck. I'd eventually discover that somehow, our rolling chair was pushed under the vocal booth's handle from the outside. No panicking for me, though. At least not yet. I reached into my pocket to grab my phone, only it wasn't there. I peered out the small little window, but it was pitch black. I was sure that I'd left it on the mixing board, but I couldn't really be sure. Then it hit me that none of that mattered. There was no cell service in this place. For probably too long... I attempted to open the vocal booth door, thinking it was just stuck and needed a couple of gentle pushes. I really wasn't ready to destroy something that I'd already spent weeks putting together. After what I can only imagine was hours, I changed my tune a bit. I began the process of trying to break through the door, and I was not successful. The aftermath would tell me that I was pretty damn successful at destroying the door, but not any closer to getting it open. It was at that moment, I knew I was locked inside of a vocal booth within a giant soundproof room, underground, alone, on a Friday. I was fucked. Time was almost impossible to keep track of. I didn't have my phone and there were no windows to the outside in the studio. It was pitch black everywhere. I was getting antsy, or maybe more accurately, I was getting scared. 
But more importantly, I was getting thirsty and hungry and all of the other things that you get on a normal day. What if I have to pee? I thought to myself. Then, of course, I had to pee. That worry was short-lived, though. Because as soon as I thought about the fact that I had to pee, I heard something. Something or someone was humming. It sounded like it was just outside the door. At this point, I was sitting down, so I shot up and looked out the little window. Nothing. Still total darkness. I put my ear up to the door, and the humming was definitely coming from outside the door. And it was definitely a woman making the sound. I remember calling out, Hello? And immediately feeling like a total nutcase. Like, who exactly did I think I was talking to? But I got a response. Hello? I practically threw myself into the back wall of the booth. The response was in my voice. Like an exact replica of my voice being thrown back at me. It wasn't an echo. First of all, not even possible in this booth. But secondly, it took a few good seconds for the word to be repeated back to me. I slid down the wall feeling true fear for the first time. I wasn't sure what the fuck was going on. I just wanted the lights to come back on at least. After only a couple of moments of silence, the humming was back. It was accompanied by what I could only place as footsteps. But they sounded like they were walking on wood floors. We didn't have wood floors. We put carpet over the wood flooring as it was better for soundproofing. I was losing it. I stood back up and shouted for anyone, yelling hello this time, over and over, pounding on the door. Ignoring the fact that no one could hear me, I continued on yelling as I threw myself into the door, over and over again. As I did, I thought I was hearing the sound of the door splitting. But then, when I stopped slamming against the door, I could still hear the cracking sound of the wood. Even more, I could hear the sound of someone slamming against the door. I reached out toward the door, and sure enough, I could feel it shaking. Shaking like a door would if someone was slamming their body into it, but from the other side. Shaking like it had just a moment ago, when I was throwing myself against it. And suddenly, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was sure that if I could see anything, it would be blurry because of how lightheaded I was. I felt the air leaving my lungs, and the last thing I heard was that fucking humming. I must have passed out. I remember waking up, but everything was still dark, like there was nothing my eyes could adjust to. And just like before, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And then, I was out. The next thing I remember is being slapped in the face. Not hard, just enough to snap me out of it, I guess. Wake me up. The lights were back on. That was the first thing I noticed. And standing over me was one of my associates, asking if I was alright. 
My vision was blurry, but behind him, I swear I could see the silhouette of a woman or someone with long hair. I blinked my eyes a bunch, and once my vision was clear, I could see that it was just me and this other person. I got your phone call, but I couldn't hear anything, not really well. Thought I should check on you. Went by your apartment, but you weren't there. Figured I'd come by the studio and make sure you were all right. How long have you been in here? All night? What a loaded statement all of this was. Like, what the fuck? Phone call? There's no way I called anyone. And all night, I mean, what time was it? I still had no idea. So I asked, what time is it? It's almost 10. 10. Like 10 p.m. Friday or 10 a.m. Saturday. He looks at me, real confused. Concerned, maybe. No, uh, 10 a.m., but uh, it's Sunday, man. Sunday morning. Have you been in here since Friday night? Wait, what day is it? It's Sunday. Sunday. What the fuck? I went into the booth Friday, early evening from what I could remember. How in the hell did I lose an entire day? And how was I okay? My associate's the one that told me about the chair being stuck against the handle of the booth. He tells me this and then kind of laughs and asks if I had a girl with me or something. He points to my neck. I move over to the mirror on the studio wall, and I can see on my neck, it looks like bruises, or, to my associate, hickeys. But I hadn't been with anyone. I was processing that information while still trying to figure out what the shit had happened. And then I left. I don't even think I said goodbye or thanks for saving my life. And I know that I shouldn't have driven, but I did. I just drove to my apartment, turned on the TV and every single light in the house, and honestly, zoned out for a while. I felt super weird, not tired, but not rested. And that feeling lasted all day. When night came, I had a newfound fear of the dark. I eventually fell asleep, but with the lights on. After that, I hate to say it, but I had a hard time going to the studio. Not gonna lie, I was scared shitless. Naturally, that couldn't last forever. All the money that I'd invested, and the fact that the studio was essentially my livelihood, is my livelihood. So, yeah, I've gone back. I even spend time there alone. But if I'm being honest, I haven't been back in the vocal booth yet. We're coming up on almost a year now. My associates haven't had any strange experiences, at least not that they're willing to admit. Every now and again, since then, I hear those familiar footsteps, though. The ones that sound like they're on wood floors. Yeah, I try to tune those out the best I can. Thank you, headphones.
This happened a few months back. I was home alone and just chilling in my room. My dogs often like to lay with me, and this particular day they were doing just that. My parents were at work, dad in another city, mom at the school that she worked at. My siblings were at school, so I know for sure no one was home. So I'm just doing my homework, and I hear a couple of knocks at my door. My dogs immediately look up and stare silently toward the door. Maybe my brother was just home. I call out his name, and then I open the door when I don't hear anything. Well, you guessed it. There was no one there. Odd. The thing is, if it was a random person who just happened to break into my house, my dogs would have gone berserk. They are weirdly keen at only barking at strangers indoors. Besides, I never hear any footsteps. I double-check the time and notice it's only 10 a.m. Unless my siblings or mom got sick, there's no way they were coming home at this time. I was later assured that no such thing happened. No one had come home. I've had a couple of odd occurrences in the home, such as things going missing and being replaced in the exact spot that you looked only hours later. Our house was brand new when we got it and was only built on empty farmland. I used to dabble in the occult as a middle schooler, so maybe that's why. This happened a few months ago to me and my friends. We are university students in Cape Town, South Africa, so when we aren't trying to get through the semester, we like to let our habits get the better of us and go out for drinks. On this night, we had just finished what felt like an extra long day at the university and decided to head to the bar about five minutes from campus for some much-needed stress relief. The evening was going well, Although a bit slow, it was enjoyable with everyone having a drink, but we were getting a bit restless. So me, being one of the more outgoing ones of the group, suggested that we head to the bar with the pool tables, not far from where we were. Everyone agrees, and we get our stuff to go. We all jumped in my car, and we got to the bar, but being a Thursday night, parking was scarce. I finally managed to find a spot about a block away from the bar, but in a secluded side street. I should also mention that this bar is in one of the sketchier parts of town, but it's normally quite safe due to the amount of nightlife associated with being close to the university. We walked to the bar, and no one really felt uneasy, nor did anything happen to make us feel that way, which was quite surprising. After a few hours of pool and just relaxing, we decided it was time to grab dinner before the restaurants closed as being in South Africa means that most restaurants, even fast food, close really early, around 7 or 8, to comply with curfew. We decided to stop at the pizza place below the bar to grab some food, before we all decided what the plan was for the end of the night. With our group being so large and the pizza place being so small, we decided that we'd have those getting food go inside, while the others who didn't would just wait outside on the street. It was an easy decision, as the pizza place had a massive open window with a built-in counter 
so we could still all talk to each other. This is where things started to get a little weird. While we were waiting for our friends inside the pizza place to come out, this massive white van pulled up past us and stopped. The driver wasn't an intimidating-looking dude. He was skinny, looked to be about average height, with shoulder-length blonde hair, a pretty standard-looking dude for this kind of area. He calls out to me and asks if I think his van could fit in a parking spot just behind him. For perspective, this parking spot could probably fit like a small hatchback, maybe. This dude is driving a full, long-size panel van. This makes me kind of uneasy, as I thought as a driver of a car, you should know where your car can definitely not fit, and this was one of them. I explained to him that I didn't think it was even worth attempting. He responds telling me that he has faith in his ability, and I should come stand behind the van and direct him. This gives me major red flags, and after a few back and forths, he just pulls the emergency brake and sits and stares at my friends and I for what felt like an eternity. He then thanked us and drove off. This prompted my friends to come outside from the pizza place as they just saw what happened and were very confused. We were all kind of weirded out, but thought nothing of it. Everyone ate their pizza, and we tried to decide what the plan would be for the last hour or two, before curfew cut things short. Most of us decided this is where the night was going to end, as we were all kind of weirded out by the guy in the van. A few others decided that they were going to stay and take an Uber home later. With our friend group cut down to four, we decided to walk back to the car and just head home. When we left the pizza place, a homeless person called out to us and was insisting we had nothing to worry about with the guy in the van, which didn't help anyone's nerves. We then decided to head to the car, but as soon as we turned the corner to approach the side street where the car was parked, we saw a van man again. This time not quite as happy as he seemed in his last encounter, earlier. I made a cheeky comment about him finally finding a parking spot that he could fit in while we were walking past each other, and he just stared at me and my friends, not breaking eye contact even when we passed him. I turned around to see if he was still looking. He was. But as we turned the corner of the side street with the car, I saw it and my heart sank. The van, horribly parked half on and half off the sidewalk, back door slightly open. Upon seeing this, I turn around and I see Van Man is now walking towards us. But he said something that confused me at first but immediately made sense after. He said, Hey, please just watch my car. Which confused me. But when he said that, four men sat up from leaning on the wall next to it and began following us. My friends and I were slightly ahead of them, so we were trying to discuss the game plan because it was obvious if we did nothing, something horrible was going to happen. My friends started walking faster and I remain at the same speed, frantically searching my pockets for my car keys, all while shouting at my friends to wait up and what's the rush? 
all in hopes that the guys behind us, who were gaining on us, were oblivious to us knowing they had sinister intentions. As soon as the car came into view, we booked it, jumped in, and drove away. But we were only seconds from not being that lucky. After locking the car doors, I saw the men surrounding the car. I managed to get us out, and looking back in the mirror, I saw a fifth man by the van at the bottom of the street. I still have no idea what their intentions were that night, if it was to rob us or beat us up, or worse. I don't really like to think about how lucky we were that night. I ask that when you're out, no matter how innocent an interaction with someone can seem, always pay attention to the little things. So to the man in the van my friends and I saw that night, can we please not meet again? This happened about 13 years ago, when I was around 10 years old. Me and my little friends were always looking for some sort of trouble to get ourselves into. Our favorite was making homemade boards for communicating with ghosts. We wanted to experience something scary, or so we thought. I'm not proud of this moment, as I now realize it was extremely disrespectful for us to do, but bear in mind that I was only 10 A very small baby had passed away a couple of days after the grandma had passed away too. Two deaths in one house must mean that we can finally communicate with a ghost. So we took our homemade board and went a little bit further from the house so we wouldn't get in trouble, but still close enough to where we could see the porch. We set everything up and grabbed each other's hands. We closed our eyes and started focusing on ghostly stuff or whatever. I felt a sudden urge to open my eyes, and I take a look at the porch of the house. There was a tall woman, wearing a long black dress. She was looking down, so I couldn't see anything besides that. At first, I thought it might be the mother of the baby. People in my country wear black after a close family member's death so it's not uncommon. She lifted her head up, and that's when I felt my heart drop, and the hair on my body just stood up. She had no face, but I could tell that she was looking right at me. You know those moments when you're terrified, but for whatever reason, you can't move, can't scream. You just watch in horror. After the initial shock, I managed to let out the most intense scream that I ever have. My friends took one look at me, then looked in the direction I was looking, and then they started screaming as well. We ran so fast we couldn't catch our breath when we got back to my house. I've never been so scared in my life. After we managed to catch our breath, I decided to ask everyone, what did you see? A faceless lady, staring right at us, Without me telling them what I saw, that was everyone's answer. I'm not claiming that what we saw was a ghost. We were very young, and maybe there are explanations as to what happened. Maybe we wanted to see something so bad that we created a scare out of nothing. 
What confuses me, though, is how did we all see the exact same thing? This happened when I was about 12-ish years old. I was sitting in my living room, which has a large window facing the main road, when I heard someone knock on the door in the mudroom, which is attached to the living room. My dad was downstairs playing on his drum set, and it was well into the evening. I thought it was strange, but figured maybe it was someone who wanted to ask him to play quieter. We got many noise complaints over the years. When I opened the main door, there was a man I definitely didn't recognize standing there. He was probably in his 40s or 50s, wearing what looked like casual business clothes. I didn't really think much of it, but kept the screen door closed as a precaution. Here's how I vaguely remember our encounter playing out. Creepy dude. Hi, I was wondering if I could use your phone. I need to call someone. Me. Uh, sorry, no, we don't have a landline. I don't have a cell phone. I lied because I had a bad gut feeling. Creepy dude. Oh, that's okay. Do you think I could at least have a glass of water? I can wait here while you grab it. Me. Sorry, we just moved in and haven't unpacked our glasses yet. Again, a huge lie, but I was panicked. Through the window, you could clearly see that we'd lived there for some time. Creepy dude, trying way too hard to be friendly. That's all right. Do you have a hose I could drink from? Me, definitely freaked out. Uh, yeah, it's actually right there on the ground. I say this while pointing to the outdoor hose a couple feet from the door. Creepy dude with an even wider smile. Oh, thank you. Do you think you could turn it on for me? Me, fucking terrified. Uh, sorry, no, I, I don't know how it works. Creepy dude, visibly a bit angry but trying to hide it. Oh, come on, you don't know how to use a hose? At this point, my fight or flight was in full force, so I just slammed the door. I locked it and ran downstairs to my dad. I told him what happened and he stormed outside with a baseball bat. But the guy was gone by the time... My dad got outside. I never saw him again after that. Still freaks me out to think what he might have done if he got a hold of me. So, creepy dude who showed up at my house and tried to get me to go outside to turn on the hose? Let's not meet. Haunted by a man who wanted us to find his family pictures? The title alone sounds very odd, but hopefully this will all make sense by the end. My family and I have lived in our current house for about 10 years. Shortly after it was built, the owners put it on the market and we moved in a year later. Before the house was built, it was part of a large field owned by a farmer who lives behind us. There was never any sort of activity in this house before the past month. We've lived in a haunted house before, the kind where you feel you're being watched, footsteps, voices, the works. 
This house felt like a relief the moment we stepped in because there was nothing. And how could there be? It's so new. Well, last month, after my siblings had gone off to school, I heard very distinct footsteps to the upper level of the house, followed by a voice of an unspecified gender calling, Hey! Before walking down the hallway, pushing open my parents' door. It's broken. At first, I'm thinking somebody must have gotten home extremely early, or maybe the bus didn't come at all. Then I realized that wasn't the case, and figured we were being robbed. While I'm internally panicking, I hear one of my dogs trot down the hallway into my parents' room. After hearing the door open, I guess, and I knew he definitely would have barked if he saw a stranger poking around. When I summoned up the courage to look around the other rooms, no one was there. Huh, I thought. A little odd, but not a ghost. It couldn't be a ghost. But then the footsteps on the stairs became more persistent. They always went up the stairs and into my parents' room. I started waking up in the middle of the night with the overwhelming feeling of being watched. Worst of all, one night I woke up to someone pushing down on my shoulder. I assumed it was my youngest sister who often gets scared at night. So without opening my eyes, I told her to go to bed. But when there was no response, I got up and found that she was sound asleep in her bed. After that, family members kept complaining of having their shirt tugged on while standing in the middle of the room. At one point, three of the blinds pushed down on the living room window, as if someone was looking outside at a neighbor, like we saw the blinds move. Something was obviously going on, so my parents installed a ring device to see if they could pick up anything. They picked up a man's voice on two occasions, with zero explanation. There's only one male in the house with a voice deep enough to match that, and he wasn't home when it happened. It sounded like it said, What are you doing? And on a separate occasion, Look at this, babe. It was getting really, really creepy, to the point where I couldn't sleep at night from the overwhelming feeling of being watched. But then, one day shortly after that, my family went to a nearby friend's house to dig through their yard with their metal detector. In a pile of trash near the scenic byway, they found a USB with pictures of a man with his family. The wife's name was on the USB thing, and when we looked her up, we found out her husband had died a month ago, unexpectedly. I have no idea why the USB was thrown into this person's yard. Bad fight between them years ago, maybe? There's no way of ever knowing. What I do know is, once we dropped off the USB at the funeral home, the day of the man's service, all the activity in the house came to a halt. No more voices on the ring device. No more footsteps. I can sleep peacefully at night, and I don't feel watched. The house feels safe again. How this man knew to find us or knew that we would find his family pictures is beyond me. I'm just glad he was able to move on now, if that is the case of why we had this activity in the first place.
Well, friends, that is the end of tonight's episode. But be sure to join me every Friday night for a brand new one. A very big thank you to everyone for sharing their stories. And thank you to my amazing audience for always listening. Recently, we hit over 1,000 subscribers, and I can't even believe it. You all make it possible. So again, thank you so much for being such a loyal and kind audience. And for those of you who aren't subscribed, remember, if you love The Darkest Hour and you never want it to end, be sure to hit that subscribe button and tap the notification bell. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me. Amanda, darkest hour at gmail.com. Also, check out our subreddit and follow The Darkest Hour on Instagram, The Darkest Hour YT. Stay spooky.